Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is Thursday, um, September the 1st of the year 2022. My God, my God, my God. This year is passing by so fast. Um, I am Dr. Kamala D. I am the host. I am the founder and teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I decided to share another excerpt from the Race, Religion, and Racism series that Dr. Price uh, started teaching back in 1997. I, I decided to share some excerpts today because I'm home for two weeks healing from surgery. And um, my God, I give him all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. I am doing well. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. But um, I will continue sharing this series, maybe um, four or five more episodes, and then I will be teaching a, um, a mini-series on the entire letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Colossians. Very important. I've been studying for that, so don't think I'm just home uh, going through these excerpts, uh, trying to pick out which ones I want to share. I'm always studying, I'm always in prayer, I'm always meditating on the word because people need the word today more than ever. So I, I want you to sit back and I'm going to ask that you guys kind of uh, ignore the way Dr. Price is delivering this message and pay attention to the content because the content is so important. Dr. Price is continuing to dispel what Louis Farrakhan said about Jesus. And that's very important. You see, we have the Bible to compare what uh, anyone says about Jesus and about God. The Bible was here first. Everything else is secondary. Third, fourth, or fifth. But the Bible was here first. So I want you guys to sit back and, and listen to Bible truth. Is a is a very highly visible leader in religious circles and people listen to him and some people believe that what he says is true. Now it's not my purpose as I've said all the way through this series and it's certainly not my purpose now to belittle, defame or to attack this man. I don't know him. But when he gets over on Bible turf and he begins to talk about Jehovah God and Jesus Christ, my Savior and Lord, then I have to get involved in it. Whatever he may say about Islam, I don't have too much to say about that because I don't know that much about it per se. I'm not committed to Allah. I'm not committed to Islam. So that's his area. That's his, his, his area of expertise. My area of expertise is Christianity, the Bible, and the things that have to do with Jesus Christ. So when somebody from the outside 
begins to talk about Jesus Christ and begins to talk about the Bible and especially begins to say things that are untrue, then I believe that God has given me a mandate that I need to sound an alarm. It's not a matter of attacking the man. I have no nothing I can gain by that. But some of the things that he says are awesome, and we covered some of them last time, and I want to go on uh, from there, uh, from where we left off last time. So, gentlemen, if you want to roll the roll in, we'll go. I want you to listen to this. I want you to hear it for yourself. I want you to hear it out of his own mouth. This is Minister. 75% of what you read in the Bible referring to Jesus is referring to a future man. And 25% of what you read is referring to the man of 2,000 years ago who is considered a type. But the real question is, who is Jesus? Where will you find him? Men, the scholars, are going to have to sit down and meet on to him, I think it's important for me to find out 
am I right? Is the Bible right? Or is Minister Farrakhan right? Because if I'm wrong, I need to change while I still have breath in my body and get on the right train if I'm on the wrong one. And according to him, I'm on the wrong one. In fact, every Christian in the world is on a wrong train. Based on what he's saying. Now, how can we substantiate whether it's actually true or not? Because he said it doesn't make it true, and because I say that what he said is not true, doesn't make it not true. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. We got to be able to find out. I think the Bible will tell us. We're going to go there in a moment. Now, he said that the historical Jesus prefigured the Messiah. So that means that the historical Jesus is one person, and the Messiah is somebody else. So that means that there are two figures in history, both named Jesus. One is historical, one is prophetic, one is Messiah, one is not. That's what I get. One and one is two in my mathematical understanding. So if you tell me that the historical Jesus, who was a Jesus, but he was only historical and not prophetic, then there's another one that the historical Jesus prefigured and points to, which is the prophetic Jesus, then that means there's two Jesus, right? Comprende? Okay. He says the historical Jesus prefigured the Messiah, and that's why the Jews have never accepted the historical Jesus. They continue to look for the Messiah. They are not wrong. Says Mr. Farrakhan, Dr. Price says they are wrong. And I started telling you about last week why they're wrong. They're not wrong because they're Jews. They're wrong because they do not have spiritual perception, just like Mr. Farrakhan does not have spiritual perception in reference to things that have to do with the Bible. In order to understand the Bible, you have to be born again. Let's go there. That's where we left off. John chapter 3. Let the Bible speak. I have no idea where he got this idea about 75% of the Bible is talking about a prophetic Jesus or a future Jesus and 25% is talking about a historical Jesus. I'd like for you to show me a chapter and verse where that's recorded. See, the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So if that's true and he got it out of the Bible, then I want him to give me scripture and verse to support that. I have no problem accepting it if I can find it validated in the scriptures. And to use my very best French, it ain't in there. <laughs> and no offense to anyone who is a Frenchman, please believe me. All right? Now, John chapter 3. Left off with this last time, we need to get into it. Because, see, people, I've said this before in passing, people can read the Bible in their own native language. If you were a Frenchman and the Bible was translated from Greek into French, and you are a Frenchman and can read French, you can read that Bible. If you are a German, and you were raised in Germany, and you speak German, and they took the Bible from the Greek and translated it into German, if you can read German, you can read that Bible. But just because you can read the Bible, doesn't mean you understand what you're reading because it has a spiritual message. And if you are not in the spirit with Jesus Christ, you can't understand what the Bible is talking about. Not its real message. 
That's what you can you can understand it in your language and read it, but you won't know what you're reading. You won't know you won't know the why. You won't know what's behind it. And I'll show you with the scripture in just a moment. John chapter three. Now this is Jesus speaking. And uh, it says in verse one, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now, a ruler of the Jews. This man was a Pharisee or a Sadducee or a doctor or a lawyer, one of the religious leaders. It said there was a man of the Pharisees, and it tells you right there he's a Pharisee, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now watch the contradiction in Nicodemus' statement. Now, Mr. Farrakhan said the Jews did not receive Jesus. But, but, but listen to this. Verse 2, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know. He didn't say, man, we, we're guessing. We're making a, we're making a wager, a 60-40 wager that, that you are the man from God. Listen to this. He says, he says, we know. He didn't say, I know. He wasn't speaking on just his own behalf. He said, we know. Who is we? Had to be the other religious leaders that he associated with, that he ran with. Okay, his associates, would you agree? Because he said, we know. He didn't say, I know. He's the one with Jesus that night, yet he is talking about plural. We, not me, not I. He said, we know. So he's speaking on his own behalf plus somebody else, correct? Okay, watch this. He said, we know. He didn't say, we think. We know. Know what? That you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, let me clarify this. He said, unless one is born again. Now, Look at verse 4, then I'll explain. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? So obviously, Nicodemus thought Jesus was talking about going back and starting over in his mother's womb as a baby. Because he said, how can a man be born when he is old? Are you getting that? Now follow along, I have to take you step by step. Verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? So he understood that what Jesus was talking about was physical birth. That's what he thought. That's what his understanding was, because if not, he would have never made the statement, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time? How did he get there the first time? Physically, through his mama's womb, correct? So he said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? So obviously, his perception of what Jesus was saying to him was a physical thing. When Jesus said, you must be born again, Nicodemus thought he meant physically born again. We know that because he said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? And of the spirit, or and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now notice verse 3, he said he can't see it. He said, unless the man is born again, he can't see it. Now he says, unless the man is born again, unless he's born again, he can't enter into. Can't see, can't enter. Can't see, can't enter. Now, the English language that our Bibles are written in, unfortunately, don't always convey the full impact of the original language. 
when Jesus said in verse 3, unless a man is born again, it literally, in the Greek, literally means unless a man is born from above. See, Nicodemus was right when he said, can a man enter the second time into his mother's womb? Meaning, right about the fact that that's how he got here the first time, without it, his mother's womb, which was physical, which was on a horizontal plane. Man, woman, the child is a result. Jesus was talking about something spiritually. When he said born again, what it literally says is, unless he's born from above. You already had the horizontal birth, birth, now you need the vertical birth. You need to be born from above, not from your natural, physical mom and papa. We're now talking about your spiritual rebirth, not your physical rebirth, but your spiritual rebirth. All right? Now, when he says, except a man be born in verse 5, he says, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, the word water there is used symbolically or emblematically in reference to the word. Jesus told a parable one time, and he said, a sower went out to sow. Some seed fell by the wayside, the birds came down and ate it up. Some fell on stony ground, some fell among thorns, some fell on good ground and brought forth. When the parable was over, the disciples came to him and asked him the interpretation of the parable. And Jesus made a statement that's awesome that fits right into what we're talking about. When he gave the interpretation of the parable, he said, the seed is the word. 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 Okay, now, in order to be born, you've got to have a sperm and an egg physically to be born. You have to have something from the male and something from the female to make a new male or a new female, right? All right, there are two things that it takes to make human life, sperm and eggs. Well, it takes two things to make spiritual life, the word, which is the seed, and the Holy Spirit, who impregnates that word, if you would, Amen. or a better way to say it. Amen. So you need the Holy Spirit and you need the Word of God to bring forth spiritual life. Now, unless you have that spiritual life, you cannot understand the Bible. Yes, you can read it in your native language, but you will never understand its message. Now, saints, let me interject here, and, and it's so unfortunate, and I, trust me, I'm saying this with love, but that's why a lot of people who profess to be Christians are not saved. They are not born again. They are trying to understand God, Jesus, and the Bible with their own natural intellect. They are not born again of the spirit, which means born again from above. And that's why it is so important that we teach the word of God and not preach it. We must give definition. We must go in depth. People need to know we have a lot of so-called Christians in the body of Christ, in the congregation that are not saved because they are not born again. You've got to be born again. And speaking of myself, I was baptized at the age of 17 in a traditional Baptist church and wasn't saved. Not from my own doing. It's because I was never told that I needed to be born again. I was never told that I needed to confess Christ as Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead. I was never told that. And as a result, I wasn't born again. I had been baptized in water. Baptizing you doesn't save you, just like being a member of a church doesn't save you. And it wasn't until maybe 20 some odd years later, someone shared the word with me and talked about being born again, showed me in scripture, and immediately I was born again by the Spirit of God. It's a different feeling. If you claim to have been in contact with Jesus and you remain the same, no, you never met Jesus. You never met Jesus. But I, I, I thought 
that I needed to intervene here and share that because it's very important, saints. The reason why I started Bible Truth, why the Spirit of God led me to start learning Bible Truth Ministries is so people can learn the truth. We are in the end times and a lot of people are not saved. They are not saved. And this ministry leads you to the truth on how you can be born again. These denominations, God did not create. Man created these denominations. So I hated to go on this little rant, but I, um, the Holy Spirit felt it was necessary. So let's continue. Okay, watch this now. Watch this now. Verse 6. That which is born of the flesh. Jesus is still speaking. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit, notice the word spirit, first word spirit, is capitalized exactly as it ought to be, which refers to the Holy Spirit. The second word spirit is small case spirit, which refers to man or the human spirit. So Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Now, this is not a part of the lesson, but... It just came up. I got to share this with you. This is why evolution couldn't possibly be true. Everything could not have come from a primordial one-celled amoeba. Because if you go back to the book of Genesis in the very beginning, it makes this statement categorically. Everything produces after its kind. Now here's your confirmation. Jesus said that which is born of the flesh is flesh that because that's all it can do is produce itself reproduce itself it cannot make apples out of sperm and eggs you ain't gonna get horses out of sperm and eggs you will not get a giraffe you will not get a chicken and you sure enough won't get a duck <laughs> that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the holy spirit is man's spirit therefore the new birth is the rebirth of the human spirit and does not affect your physical body why because all the flesh can reproduce is more flesh that's why jesus said you've got to be born from above you need to have your spirit chained so you can understand that which comes from the holy spirit of god which is the bible and unless that happens, you will be like the religious leaders in jesus day and the religious leaders today the jewish religious leaders they're not born again therefore they cannot understand mr farrakhan is not a christian he is an avowed muslim he is a follower of Allah. He is not a follower of Jehovah God. He has not been born again. Therefore, he cannot understand the message of the Bible. So all he can do is read it at face value and never understand his message. Now, that's all that is. Just like if I said, if I said Mr. Farrakhan is a man and not a woman, that's not, a, would you consider that an attack? I mean, from what I've been able to see, he's a man. And I'll believe he's a man until further notice. <laughs> but you wouldn't consider that an attack, would you? So all I'm saying, he has not been born again. It's obvious that he hasn't been born again, because if he had been born again, then he would be born again. Therefore, he would be a Christian and not a Muslim. 
because you can't be both. Any more than you can be a male and a female at the same time. You're one or the other. Even though somebody tricked you to think you something else, you're either one or the other. Moving right along. All right, now watch this. Let me give you the confirming scripture. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. See, the Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, I need to give you two to confirm this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he can't see. Now, I meant to tell you this. The word can't see in English right away connotes the idea of visual perception, right? When you say see, right away you, you, you think. The first thing you think of is what you can visually perceive. But we also know in our language that there are other expressions that say I see and have nothing to do with these things here. It has to do with what you understand in your head. Oh, I see, I see, I see. You're not talking about anything visual. Mm. Correctamente? Mm -hmm. Talking about nothing visual. You're talking about something. Oh, you mean I understand. I see. I perceive. I understand. Oh, I see. Oh, I can see that. Not talking about anything visual. How many of you understand? Okay. So when the book says, except a man be born again, he cannot see, the literal Greek bears out this idea in English. Except a man is born again, he cannot come to know the kingdom of God. Teach. He can't come to know it. He can't know it. Got to be born again. That's why Jesus said you must be. See, that's an imperative necessity. He didn't say that was an option or a choice. He said you must be born again. You mean God going to make me? No, 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 no. What I mean, though, if you want to enter in, you must be. And the thing that is just irks you so much is how people can see this over in the natural realm, but when it comes to the things of the Word of God, all of a sudden it becomes, uh, you know, it becomes Aliens 9 or whatever, you, you know, Scream 7 or something. You know, they don't understand. But everybody, anybody that has enough sense to know if you want to go take a flight on an airplane, you got to be on board the plane when it lifts off the ground or you're not going on that aircraft to that destination. Nobody has a problem with that. If you want to go to New York City on flight 99 TWA at 9 o'clock in the morning leaving from LAX, you got to be on the plane. You can't be at home in bed and go to New York on that flight. You'll never get there. you got to be on the plane to get to New York on that flight. If you want to get into the kingdom of God, you've got to be born again. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And God's not going to make you get born again any more than TWA is going to make you get on that flight at 9 o'clock. But if you choose to get on that flight to go to New York, you've got to be on the plane when it lifts off the ground. You want to understand this book, you've got to be born again, or you'll never be able to come to know the things of the kingdom of God. Now, here is the confirm, confirming scripture. Uh, confirming scripture. First uh, Corinthians chapter 2. Oh, watch this now. First Corinthians chapter 2, and you'll understand what I was talking about when I said Mr. Farrakhan and the religious leaders, the Jewish religious leaders weren't born again. Therefore, they couldn't understand the things of the kingdom of God. Watch this now. Let me start here. All right, 
verse 11. Chapter 2, 1 Corinthians, verse 11. Listen to this. But what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Now, there's a beautiful scripture. I've never used this one to show you about the differentiation between your physical self and your, the real you, which is the spirit. Pick up on this. Pick up on this. Verse 11. But what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Now, what do it mean when, what do the words mean when it says something inside something? Don't that mean it's inside of it? Excuse me? I mean, I mean, I mean, if you're inside, you ain't outside, right? I mean, if you're in, you're not out. If you're out, you're not in. Right? Listen to this. Listen. But what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, oh, watch this now. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. That's why you have to be born again by the Spirit of God so you can be connected up with the Spirit of God so that you can know what the Word of God says. Otherwise, you can't know it. Except the Spirit of God that Mr. Farrakhan doesn't know. I ain't putting him down. He just doesn't know. Just like I'm not a scientist. I don't know, I don't know anything about electron accelerators. I mean, you probably never even heard of it. I don't even know what that is, an electron accelerator. It's a special kind of apparatus and machinery that's used in the scientific world to accelerate electrons. That's why it's called an ex electron accelerator. I know it's just enough just to be dangerous. <laughs> but what I'm saying is if you're not into something, you can't know it. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just means you don't know that. So, I'll watch it now. Listen, let me read that again. This is awesome. For what man, verse 11, what man, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So if you've never been born of the spirit of God, how can you know the things of God? You can. All right, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the thing that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, neither can he know them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. That's why the Jews are still looking for a Messiah who already came. And you can't do it. If you don't know the Spirit of God, if you've never been born from above, you can't understand. I said it before. See, what all the, all the religious leaders miss and what Mr. Farrakhan is missing is the fact that there's got to be the cross before the crown. And that's what they're not seeing. See, they're, they're, looking, they're looking for a political deliverance. They're looking for some supernatural cultural thing that's going to come. No, it's got to, you've got to get the spiritual things together first before you get the physical things together. And that's what they miss. And they miss the suffering Savior. They were looking for the conquering king. Next time they see the man, he will be the conquering king. Said, the, I quote, the historical Jesus was not the Messiah. End quote. Now, if that's true, then every Christian is unsaved. 
and on our way to hell. We're lost. We're without hope in the world. If, if what he said is true, I am so glad that it's not true. Now, obviously, he thinks it is, because if he didn't think it was, he wouldn't have said it. Right? So I just, I, not personally knowing the man, I would have to conclude that he must believe it because he said it. Because if he didn't believe it, then why did he say it? Mm -hmm. Now, let's find out what the Bible says about who the Messiah was. Because, see, based on what Mr. Farrakhan is saying, the Messiah is yet to come. And that's what the religious Jewish leaders of today are still looking for. They're still looking for the Messiah. They're looking for somebody to come back and put Israel up on the top of the pedestal. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for the man like Moses. We covered that last time, remember? To bring deliverance. to. They didn't understand that the sin question had to be dealt with first. They didn't understand the fact that all his sin had come short of the glory of God. They didn't understand the fact that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. They did not understand that the lamb had to take away the sin of the world. They didn't understand that a man must be born again. Born from above. Or you can't come to know the kingdom of God. Except a man is born of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. He can't enter the kingdom of God. If you can't enter, that means you're on the outside. And if you're on the outside, ain't no way you can know what's going on on the inside because you're on the outside. That's just plain mathematics. Two and two is nine. Everybody knows that. Any school kid knows that. All right, let's find out what the Bible says. See, Mr. Farrakhan, and, and the reason I'm dealing with this is only because he is a powerful man in the religious world. People believe what he says is true. Not everybody. See? And people are following him. Well, they need to know that it's not true. Not these things that he said. You heard him say them. You can't accuse Fred Price of saying that. You heard the man say that. You saw himself say that, not me. That's why I did that. I realize there's a risk factor involved, but so be it. All right? Now, if the historical Jesus was not the Messiah, as we believe he was, the Bible ought to say that. And I also want you to be very much aware of this, that as we listen to Mr. Farrakhan make the statement, Will you please refresh my memory as to which scriptures he called our attention to? Which chapter and verse he got his information from? Excuse me. I said, excuse me. Uh, he said that 75% of the Bible is talking about the future real Jesus and only 25% is talking about the historical Jesus and the historical Jesus prefigured the, the prophetic Jesus. Fine. Uh, chapter verse, please. So, so I can look it up. You're a human. You might have made a mistake. So I mean, so just so I can check it out. Not check you. I just want to check it out. What you said. Uh, I didn't hear any chapter or any verse given. Now I'm going to give you so much chapter and verse. Now it's going to, you're going to choke on it. You're going to choke on this. So let's go. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. We want to find out about this historical and prophetic Jesus. If the historical Jesus, the one we have come to know as Messiah, the one that 
was nailed to a cross, the one that was put in a grave and was resurrected, if he's not the Messiah, then I would, I would wonder who would have the greatest credibility to be able to say that he wasn't Mr. Farrakhan or the Bible. Bible. The Bible. Bible. See, like if what Mr. Farrakhan said is true, and he got that from God, Jehovah God, then it would have to be in Jehovah God's book. Wouldn't that, don't that seem reasonable? Amen. So we ought to be able to find it. So in other words then, we shouldn't find anything in the Bible that would contradict what Mr. Farrakhan said. Because if we do, then that tells us Verse 1, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who is born king, who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Where the Christ was to be born. Where the Christ was to be born. The word Christ is a Greek term that means Messiah. Or the anointed of God. So Herod was in, in essence saying, where is the Messiah to be born? When he said that Christ, he's talking about the anointed of God, the old covenant or Hebrew language called him Messiah. The Greek language calls him Christ, Christos. And he is the anointed of God. Both words mean the same thing. Christ means Messiah. Messiah means the Christ. Okay. Watch this now, verse 4. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. He, he, didn't, he didn't inquire where the historical Jesus was to be born. He wanted to know where, where's Messiah going to be born. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. Verse 5. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, and thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Now, pick up on this. Herod asked where the Christ should be born. The word Christ in the Greek New Testament means Messiah. And Messiah is the Hebrew for Christ. Both mean the anointed of God. So Herod didn't say, where is the historical Jesus going to be born? I want to know where the Christ is going to be born. And they said in Bethlehem of Judea. So that's the first, first reference. Chalk that down. That, that's number one. All right. You're in Matthew. Go to the 16th chapter. You want to find out what the Bible says. What the writers of the Bible said. Who did they think the historical or prophetic Jesus was? Who did they think that this Jesus was that Mr. Farrakhan calls historical? Look like the people that actually wrote about him ought to know. Wonder, can I get a witness? Yeah. All right. Matthew chapter 16, beginning with verse 13. Do we want to find out who was this Jesus? See, remember, 
See, I'm right in line with Mr. Farrakhan because he made this statement and said this. He said, but the real quote, but the real question is, who is Jesus? Where will you find him? In the quote. That's what Mr. Farrakhan said. So can't Fred say that? So we want to find out about the real Jesus, okay? What did I say? Matthew 16, beginning with verse 13. All right, watch this now. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist. Some Elijah. Mr. Farrakhan said that too. We, we covered that. And others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So he said in Athens, you're the Messiah. Because that's what the word Christ means, anointed of God or Messiah. All right, watch this now. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should not, or that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, who do you think should know who they are. Jesus or Mr. Farrakhan? Jesus. Or Fred Pryor? Who? Jesus, exactly. Now if Fred Pryor says what Jesus said, then you can go on what Fred Pryor said. But if he doesn't, you better stick with Jesus. Look like Jesus ought to know who he was. All right, I have a question. Don't put the camera on this lady because I don't want to embarrass her. But I don't ever remember seeing you before. Who are you? Did you hear that? I mean, not one ounce or hesitation. She said, Sonia. Now, you're going to sit here and argue. No, you ain't Sonia. <laughs> no, no, you're not Sonia. You, you, uh, blah, 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 blah. Sonia ought to know who Sonia is. And Jesus ought to know who Jesus is. Amen. Okay. All right, pick up on this now. Uh, let me go back to verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should not, that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Not Jesus the historical one. Jesus the Messiah. Now the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, Every word should be established. So I've given you two. I could close my case, and I would be biblically correct. Well, we're not going to stop there. We go on many steps beyond. Not one step beyond. Many steps beyond. All right, you're in Matthew. Go to the 26th chapter. Mr. Farrakhan asked who Jesus was. We're going to tell him. <laughs> we want him to know. Matthew 26, 26 chapter. You get anything out of this? Okay, 
26th chapter and verse well let's see uh, let's look at verse 63 and 64 but Jesus kept silent and the high priest answered and said to him I put you under oath by the living God tell us if you are the Christ the son of God Verse 64, Jesus said to him, It is as you said. <laughs> now, how do you interpret that answer? Yeah. Uh, listen, listen, verse 63, But Jesus kept silent, and the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, it is as you said. Right. Now, what is that saying? How, how do you interpret that? He said he beat a man. Isn't that right? Listen, listen. He said, see, they said, they asked him, they said, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. See, they said, Christ, the Son of God. Verse 64, Jesus said to him, it is as you said. Ain't nothing else to say. You already said it. I be the one. He confirmed it, didn't he? All right. That's three witnesses. But we're moving on to more. Turn to Luke chapter 4. See, if Mr. Farrakhan were a Christian and knew the Bible, he would never have made a statement like that publicly. Because he would have known that that wasn't true. All right, Luke. Now, what, what did I tell you? What did I tell you that Christ meant? And what did I tell you that Messiah meant? Christ means Messiah, means Christ, means the anointed of God. Right? Now, let's let Jesus talk. Let's let Jesus speak. Forget Fred Price. Forget Minister Louis Farrakhan. Okay? All right? Luke chapter 4, verse 16. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. Well, let's, let's go back to 14 so we can make the connection. So there'll be no, absolutely no doubt. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth. So now who do you think he came to Nazareth would be talking about? Wouldn't that be talking about the one in verse 14? The person in verse 14. Are you get, I want you to follow this. This is, this is very important. I mean, who, I mean, Mr. Paracon said it himself. Who is Jesus? Well, hey, you need to know. All right, verse 16. So he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Brought up, and as his custom was, this was his custom. He did this all the time. As his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. This was custom. He did this all the time. 
and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him pick up on this verse 21 and he began to say to them today say today, today. the synagogue on the sabbath when he was there it was today for him when he was there you understand that all right verse 21 and he began to say to them today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing now, what does that mean? Talk to me. What does that mean? All right, watch this now. Watch this now, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. That's what Christ, that's what the word Christ means, anointed of God. That's what Messiah means, the anointed one. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he handed or closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them today, this scripture, now what scripture do you think he was talking about? The one he just read from Isaiah. And Isaiah was prophesying about Messiah. And Jesus said, today, this scripture is fulfilled. If it's fulfilled, there ain't nothing coming after it. <laughs> huh? When something is fulfilled, it's over. Is that right? If the prophecy is fulfilled, that's the end of the prophecy. Huh? Listen, listen. This is Jesus himself speaking. This is not Fred Price speaking, and this is not Minister Farrakhan speaking. This is Jesus the Christ, Messiah speaking. He said today, he said today. Now, that Jesus that read that scripture is the one Mr. Farrakhan says is the historical Jesus who is not the Messiah, but he only prefigures the Messiah. That ain't what Jesus said. Jesus said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today. Not in the future. Today. Now whose report will you believe? But, oh, believe that clock. We're not finished. You're in um, Luke, the fourth chapter. Go to the same, in the same chapter, go to verse 40. Uh, what did I say? Oh, yeah, Luke chapter 4 and verse 40 and 41. When the sun was setting, all those who had any sick or had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons 
church also came out of many crying out and saying, you are the Christ, the Son of God, and he rebuked them and did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. You see, demons are disembodied spirits. They operate in the spirit world and they knew who Jesus was. They didn't say he was the historical Jesus prefiguring the prophetic Jesus who is coming later. Oh no, 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 no. And the demons also came out of many crying out and saying, You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the anointed of God. And Jesus rebuked them, did not allow them to speak. Why? Because or for they knew that he was the Christ. Now, I don't understand why Mr. Farrakhan doesn't know that. Because he hasn't been born of the spirit. He's not operating in the spirit world. Now to put down just the fact you can't know. If you haven't been born again, you cannot come to know, nor can you enter in. Well, saints, this concludes the message for today. I promise I will share more episodes. We will pick up exactly where we left off from here. I'll, I will share, the, share that on Saturday, this coming Saturday. So until then, look, walk in love. If you are not born again, you need to go to your pastor and ask him, what does it mean to be born again? And let me tell you something, based on what he tells you, you either remain in that church or you need to get up and run out of there as fast as you can. Because if you are not born again and the pastor is, is allowing un, people who are not born again to remain in that congregation, something is not right. Something is not right. Now, the Bible was written for our admonition. And it was also written so that we can correct people. And if you are being taught something that's contrary to what is written in his Bible, I'm just telling you, uh, saints, my, I know where my heart is. I just want people to know truth just like Dr. Price did. He wanted people to know truth. You need to get up out of there. It doesn't matter if mama and them grew up in that church. It doesn't matter if that's where the whole family goes. I'm not willing to perish with my family. And look, I thank God for my two sisters. I love them dearly. And I thank God they know who Jesus is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cynthia and Carol, everyone should have sisters like this. Because when I was being stricken with sickness by Satan, when I tell you my family was, was, was backing me 100%, they were there for me. And I wasn't in need of anything. I love you, Cynthia. And I love you, Carol, both equally. And I pray and thank God for you every day. Everyone should have sisters like I do. They are completely different. Complete, completely opposite of each other. But one thing they have in common is that they love each other. They love me. And I love them. And they love the Lord. So saints, until Saturday, walk in love and peace out. I 
hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash out the ministry at dollar sign Dr. Kamala D. That is at dollar sign capital D lowercase r capital C lowercase a-m-a-l-e capital D and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out.